My name's Tim Davies and I thought I'd do one of those YouTube videos because I've got a lot of emails in at the moment. I'm kind of backed up on them and I'm trying to, it's about 10 days backlog. I'm trying to get through them as quickly as I can. I've got one here from a young guy who's looking to join the military, looking to join the Royal Air Force, in fact, as pilot. And he's actually said, look, I realize that I'm benefiting from other people's emails and the information that I give. Um, and can you, you know, if you want to use this one basically for other people to learn from, then please do. So we're going to read through that email initially. And then I'm going to leave all the details out about names and that kind of stuff. We don't need that, right? But it's going to help out people. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll take that apart and we'll look at how we can give some advice to this guy. And maybe some of that advice is also applicable to you. All right? Coolio. Uh, hi, Tim. Now, that's a great way to start an email to me, by the way, because if you were to start with, I get a lot like, hey, dude, um, hello, mate. Uh, I get a lot of that um, st uh, stuff that I call other people like brother and stuff. I mean... You know, go and call Ant Middleton, brother, and see what he says to you. You know, it's going to go to the bottom of the pile. You know what I mean? Because you might be like 12 years old, and I, I don't want to decipher that. So just being a little bit respectful helps you get an answer. So hi, Tim, works really, really well for me. This guy's done well. Hi, Tim. I hope that you are well. Actually, I'm not too bad. Um, I've been a little bit better, and I've got a piece of paper down here. I've written some notes on already. We're going to discuss that in a minute because I think it's going to help all of us. Uh, I've been following you for a while and listening to many of your podcasts whilst commuting. They are definitely having an impact and allow me to relate to struggles which others are experiencing and most importantly, enabling me to learn from them. Any help on what is below um, would much would be much appreciated and please feel free to share my situation slash the advice you provide if you deem necessary slash worthy content for FJP. That is a very gracious thing to do. And I want to thank this guy for doing so. So not only is he saying that he's learned from other people, he's saying he wants people to learn from him. And that's what communities are about, okay? So by all means, if you have an issue and you write to me and you say, please don't put this out there, Tim. Please don't put this out there. I respect that. You know I respect that. Always will. Never mention your name, okay? Never mention your name. Always will respect that. This guy said, look, just use this, please, okay? And we should appreciate that as well because what he's doing is he's saying, look, I might not make the grade. I've got some issues, but someone else out there might, you know, someone else might, if he hears from my story, they might be able to make the grade. And that's really gracious. That's real, it's real sacrificial. I really like that a lot. Okay. By reusing content. Okay. To give you just a little bit of context about myself, I'm an 18 year old sixth form graduate longing for a career in aviation. That's where I was as well. I've been in Air Cadets since I was 13, a great organization, but something very easily grown out of factually correct and it's enabled me to achieve a huge amount and develop myself immensely from the young 13 year old I once was um, I was awarded three flying scholarships completed all of his DV awards uh, etc whilst in the um, whilst in the air cadet so that's that's great that is great I always look to better myself through experiences or gaining qualifications and I continue to take any opportunity thrown at me that's a great life lesson right there just grab it okay just grab it and roll with it you're gonna mess it up doesn't matter all right fail fast and often I have been very fortunate to be enabled to achieve my PPL through the help of cadets, as well as my night rating, instrument rating, and tailwind endorsement. Uh, this has only consolidated my ambition to become a professional pilot. So let's just point out quickly that I've flown fast jets for 20 years uh, on, uh, I think, about three types, uh, all through training. I've done all that stuff as well with turboprops, everything else. I've got about 3,000 hours, and yet this guy's got a PPL, and I don't. So there you go. When you leave the military, you, you leave with no qualifications, by the way. Um, some some uh, areas of the military allow you to gain some quals, uh, 
but as a jet pilot, I came out, I can't fly a civilian airplane. I can't even walk down the flying, I can't even fly a glider. I've got nothing, okay? So that's that's brilliant that you can actually go and do this. Even before you step into the service, you can get your PPL. Night rating, instrument rating, tailwheel endorsement. This guy's done really, really well. And that's not easy to do all these things. You've got to turn up. You've got to turn up at your flight school. You've got to say, I'm here. Even when it's raining and the clouds are low and there's no, not going to be flying going on, you're there. And you're going to clean the airplane or you're going to tidy out the hangars or you're going to contribute towards the flying school. That's really important. This guy's done really well, by the way, okay? A lot better than I did when I was his age. Just put it that, you know, crikey, I didn't get that far. Um, I'm hugely determined. I'm a hugely determined and diligent individual, but have recently found myself to be out of character, suffering from low mood and constantly self-sabotaging myself. I seem to have an inability to appreciate what I've achieved. And thus far, as you can imagine, this is rather damaging and somewhat I want to eradicate, something I want to eradicate pronto, he's saying. He wants to get rid of that feeling. I've applied to the RF as a pilot and have passed all stages of selection. When I went through OSC in mid-2018, I was, I don't know what the word means, TMU'd. No, don't know what that means. Um, as a result of this, I was referred to a specialist and his findings were then forwarded to the medical board of review. That's quite common, by the way. I've since made PMU. However, this is something that I am appealing. It's like a downgrade. This is something I'd be willing to discuss with you via phone to give you a bit more of an idea of the situation. Okay, okay, great stuff. The whole process has been very arduous and drawn out. That is a problem at the moment, guys. Um, it's being run by Capita. It has it has been quite lengthy. There's a lot of the privatised elements of the service at the moment, unfortunately, that are um, going through some teething trouble. And uh, one of them is the selection process, which you know I'm not happy with. But we're going to let it go because we're in better places now. He um, says here, before I was referred to the specialist, I sat in a holding list, holding pool. Uh, which is the half of pilot candidates which have performed to the required standard for OSC. And that he sat there for five months and then had to wait for a further eight weeks for an appointment to be arranged. Kind of drawn out. Drawn out. Upon leaving sit form, I started a full-time uh, office job. And this is where I think my downfall began. Isn't it the same for everyone, guys? It really is. Uh, I studied, let's say, some sciences, shall we, A-level. You can imagine the ones, maths and a couple of other um, physics and let's just say chemistry or whatever, A-level, and had a very packed life throughout my years of secondary and higher education. I was constantly busy, always active, biking, gym, um, adventure training, constantly on airfields, volunteering for um, air experience, flying, gliding, private-powered aircraft, that kind of stuff. This guy's getting around. Um, constantly driving towards a dream of becoming a pilot in the military and always trying to better himself. In my last year of school, I was balancing the RF application uh, and a huge study workload, and it is big, isn't it, guys? You go through your A-levels and whatever they're called now, I can't remember, to be honest with you, but it is hard work. No two ways about it, okay? So there's a lot of extra stuff going on here. He was also head boy. He was chairman of something else on the school. I don't want to mention that. So he had a lot going on. Uh, he then transitioned into the real world and hated every second of every minute of my day when I was at work. And that's, again, common. I did the same thing, by the way. I constantly had the RF application on my mind, and I had neither a yes or a no and was just in limbo. The tedious nature of the work in the office slowly grinded away at me. Some days I would sit at my desk and have no work to do for four hours. This was not me and was not what I had worked so hard for. Very demoralizing, but a source of income. That's going to happen. You are going to have times when you want to contribute and you're unable to contribute. 
and you sit at your desk and you think this is beneath me. I work for companies now that I think I can add some kind of tangible value for. If I'm working on a contract, guys, I do work contract and I'm not able to deliver for them, I withdraw myself from it as opposed to costing them more money and sitting there doing nothing at all and learning nothing and being able to contribute nothing, okay? It takes an element of integrity that because not just stay poor for a couple of months. But what I'm not willing to do is sit there and just not be able to contribute at all. So if I'm not contributing, get out, all right? This guy, first job, understand that. He's getting the, getting the bills paid. You gotta do it, understand, understand. Uh, he says here, I hate the way that I feel at the moment. I try to keep myself busy with a lot of fitness, socials and flying. However, I've got a lot of time to myself at present, which allows me to overthink. And I've written that down on this piece of paper here, thoughts and feelings. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a second, okay? Uh, that is quite common as well. There is often that stigma around mental health and flying careers, and it's being difficult to speak out due to the risk you may be stopped completely. Uh, I just want to get some advice from you, as I'm sure it's something that many determined and successful individuals encounter. Factually correct, by the way. That is correct. There's a reason for that. Um, it is very arrogant of me to say, however, that the PMU from the RF is probably my first major hurdle and pushback in my life. Uh, the experience of how I'm coping, dealing with the situation is definitely going to make a better and stronger person of me. And that's a very young guy realizing that, you know, through suffering, we actually build into greatness. You've got to go through these bad things before the good things happen. And this guy's 18 years old. And he knows this now. 18 years old, he knows this. He knows that this lesson, what does fail stand for? First attempt in learning. He's got no choice about this PMU out of the... Uh, out of his medical. It's not, it's, it's not something he's chosen, chopped his own arm off, is he? But he's still learning from it, all right? That is a valuable thing in life. Fall down, pick yourself up, learn from it. Don't waste the opportunity. And he's saying right now, at the age of 18, he understands that. That is awesome. Recap. Um, the harsh reality of the situation is the fact that the reason I cannot pursue my dream career as a pilot in the RAF is down to reasons out of my control. And I think that is what I'm struggling to comprehend. Yeah, that's just life. Yes, that's life. Um, some bad things happened to me recently as well. I don't want to go into my damn podcast here, but yeah, you know, some things you got to roll with it. I think if you listen to those, um, I've got that that SAS book on those SBS guys that do that TV show. I think when you listen to Jason Fox, Ant Milton, Ollie, uh, those guys, you you hear from them that that's the same thing that they've kind of gone through as well. There are things that happen to you, and how you deal with them is what matters. You know, and we're going to talk about thoughts and feelings in a minute. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That's very important. Talk that through. So he's struggling to comprehend the fact that the uh, his chance of being a pilot in the Royal Air Force may have nothing to do with him. And I guess people with, you know, people with medical conditions that can't join probably thinking the same thing, right? So, yeah, and have asthma as a kid and you can't join, or your eyes aren't good enough, or your hearing's out. Yeah, it's got to suck gotta suck right we roll on to get through osc at 18 is no mean feat and it's something that i should be proud of but it seems to be meaningless now it doesn't allow me to do what i've worked towards for so many years and this guy has put the work in the pmu got accompanied with the offer of many ground-based officer roles for an iot that starts soon um what are your thoughts on taking a commission gaining a fullback career option and then pursuing a career in commercial aviation He's got a class or a medical book late this month. Guy's all over it, right? Guy's all over it. Let's cover that one in a minute. I'll write this one down here. And I've got a good guy to speak to, actually, if he's interested in that. Um, my kid brother has just joined an airline out in the Middle East. 
Uh, my kid brother was a, a attack Hercules pilot, a Herc C-130J pilot. Tactical guy, very operator-focused, war-orientated and stuff. And now he flies... Um, well, I think he's training up on the 777, actually, for Emirates. So he's, he's uh, you know, he's really into that. Really into that. He, he, he loves the airline. He lo loves the whole kind of Middle East thing and everything. Both love the Middle East thing. So, yeah, he's... Um, He's a good guy to chat to. He probably won't chat to you, though, because he's very busy in the dating scene, probably. A bit of a player. Right. says here, I have a load lined up at the moment to try and keep me busy, including volunteering for various charities. I just find it very difficult to relax or enjoy myself at present. I'm constantly worried about what the future will bring now that I have had this blow. A very relatable quote in one of your podcasts. Everybody has got a plan to get punched in the mouth. That was Mike Tyson, I think, said that. Obviously, Mike got it off me, yeah? Big Mike. He learns from me every day. And he finishes by saying, if you've got to the end of that rather unorganized rabble of the English Dictionary, I commend you. As I say, any advice, words of wisdom or personal experience of what I'm going through would be, would be most appreciated. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a top bloke and someone who I look up to. He obviously says at the bottom here how good looking I am and how my beard is motivating him to grow a significant amount of facial hair. Going through a phase of like special forces slash hipster beard don't know which one i'm gonna go for yet keep my options open right one thing that does leap out at me like a salmon from this thing in the here that this guy's written is how well it is written he has put a lot of effort in here and i'm not saying people don't when they write to me but at this age 18 he communicates exceptionally well and when i read something like this i feel a lot of empathy towards this person because i could have been training this guy in you know, three or four years time. Uh, and luckily, actually, a lot of people I know now are, are training these guys on civilian airplanes. And so he probably could well in one day be flying with one of my team anyway, which is great. But, um, you know, really interesting e email. And I I'm really kind of grateful for him writing to me. And I'm he wrote to me like 10 days ago. And I, I although I ticked it with a red tick to get back to you, I haven't been able to get back to it yet. I'm doing a lot of meetings. In fact, I've been down in London all this week. Changing the world, basically, for the better. So where do we start with this then? Right. Let's just let's just start with let's let's break this down into probably about three parts. Let's work out what he's done in the past. Let's work out where he is now and what he's feeling, what he's going through. And let's work out really what that future can can hold from him, really. So when we look at the past then, there is no doubt that the officer air crew selection center looked at this guy and went, Wow, this guy has dug deep at every single stage of his life so far. And that is hard with social media, with girls, all that kind of stuff as you're growing up. I've been there, right? I've been there without the social stuff, without the whole internet, luckily. And if I'd had that when I was growing up, I would have been all over the place, all over the place. And this guy's had it and he's still knuckled down. Air Cadets, he's got himself into aviation, Duke of Edinburgh Awards scheme. He's even volunteered at school. He's got the head boy thing going on. He's the chairman on some other school activities. You know, he's doing his, his three uh, uh, he's doing his three sciences, whatever, A-level. Not that you have to do that, by the way, but he's doing it. Uh, and then he applies at 18. And if there's anyone I'll be looking at now going, that guy's got a great shot at it, it'll be one of these, you know, this guy here. I, I advise a lot of young men and a lot of young women who uh, are looking to apply at 18. I say, apply at 18, and I kind of secretly know that there's probably not much chance of getting it in 18 because they haven't matured themselves enough to be able to stabilize within the Royal Air Force or the Navy or the Army at that age. And they probably need to go to university first. So I kind of advise them, get your application in now, have a look at it. It's a good experience, but you're probably going to go to university or have a bit of a life lesson first and come back in three or four years time. This guy, obviously well balanced, took a shot at it and through no hope of his, no help, um, no fault of his own, sorry, no fault of his own whatsoever. Yeah, he's been bounced back, which is 
which is not ideal. So let's concentrate on the bit there. That's where he was in the past then. Obviously, a massive achiever, uh, a guy that really dug deep. He looked, you know, he looked at, he was really putting his effort into everything. So, as he said, and unfortunately, the process he's gone through here for looking to get into the Air Force has been very arduous and drawn out, he says himself. And that is horrendous. And I, I hate that. And one of the big things that I'm, I say campaigning, I'm not campaigning for really, but what I'd really like to see is, uh, is is that that time reduced i think we have a real commodity in young people uh if parents watch this as well and a lot, a lot of parents write to me uh, i'm really trying to reduce that time that people spend in either holding or either spending trying to get into the service you know i, I want that whole process really condensed so that we can get people in we get them trained and we get that we recover that back from them on the front line because right now we've got guys going through fast jet training it's taken them seven years uh Crikey, some of these guys are joining mid-20s. So now they're 32 on the front line and they can get out like 40. They can get out whenever they want. They can do one tour. They would spend less time on the front line than they would have done in training. So that's wrong. The Americans are very good at getting guys accelerated through quickly. Uh, we're just not. And there's multiple reasons for that. And I'm not going to go into them now, but you know how I feel about these kind of things. I really want to see that condensed. And I really want to see this entry into the service condensed as well. Especially for young people who are not going for the commission branches as well. I really want that accelerated so we get people into the service. Either way, this guy had to sit around for five months in a pool and then wait for another appointment to be arranged. But it does seem like he's got some uh, good assistance there from the medical branch anyway. And I've got another email on here that I'm writing back to. And the guy, um, again, I've written back to this other guy. Uh, he had some uh, mental health issues and uh, when he was very young. And I've said... Be open about it, you know. Who hasn't? Who comes through now? Who comes through life now without mental health issues? God, you know, to be open about it. But I don't know what this guy's problem was in the medical. He hasn't said, um, so it could be anything really. And he really hasn't said. And if he, even if he had said, I probably wouldn't tell you guys. But he hasn't said anything. So it, it could be, oh, it could be asthma or something. You know, I, it could be anything that stops you flying. Maybe eyes. I don't know. Doesn't say. Either way, very demoralizing for him. And he says, what else was demoralizing? Of course, was working in that office environment. So where is he now? That's the past. Where is he now? Well, he's been working in an office environment, so he's got some understanding of real world, uh, of the real world, real world workplace, and it's not ideal. Um, so what advice can I can I give to people that are hitting the real world? Um, I was down with a company today, chatting to them, and there were some guys in the office, very young guys, at computers, typing away. I was speaking to one of the guys and saying, you can do this forever. And he was like, no, 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 I've got a plan. And he had a real good plan, stepped out, using that as a stepping stone or something else, stepping, building his CV. What I would say is really think about where you want to get to, nail it down somewhere, you know, right on a wall, on your mirror every morning, I will be a whatever, and then aim, aim towards that. Excuse me, take jobs that are going to get you into that uh, and really step yourself up towards it, okay? It's the hardest working person that is going to get there. The most enthusiastic person, the most committed person is the one that's going to end up doing the job. You have to also remember that in these roles, um, people, if I was a recruiter uh, and I have several CVs, I'm, the one that's really invested, like someone's written me an email like this, that's the one I want to come in and interview. I'm like, geez, you've dug deep on this. You've worked hard at it. All right. That's the guy I'm going to really look at. Don't sit in those dead end jobs, guys. Okay. Remember what I said. If you're in a dead end job and you feel you can't contribute, you, you owe yourself. You have enough respect for yourself to get yourself out of there recalibrate, reskill, whatever, get yourself into a job where you can contribute. Because by contribution, okay, that's how you lift everyone around you. And that's what we should be doing in life. Yes, help out the people next to you as well, not doing too well. And this is what this guy's saying here. He's like, use his email to help other people. It's very gracious of him, actually. So where is he now? Well, difficult place because he's been offered pretty much anything other than flying. And as you can see from his background, it's all about flying. 
so I know quite a few people like this actually. Um, in fact, I've got a good friend now who's very wealthy and he's uh, he runs a lot of finance courses, this kind of thing. Um, he, I think, fell part of training, left the service, and he went and did helicopter training and he flies privately and he's got a lot of money so he can do that. Uh, another guy wrote to me recently, he said, Tim, thanks for the advice. His sea bats weren't brilliant. Uh, so he said, look, I'm probably not going to get picked anyway. His sea bats were down in the 120 somewhere. Uh, he said, I'm not really that enthusiastic towards it. I'm probably going to reject it. And I said, okay, there's other branches. You know, you can go in, maybe sit in the pool for a while, see what's happening. He said, no, it's fine. He said, I've got business. I'm going to really work that business hard. I've got my eye on an airplane in the future. I know what that airplane is. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to buy myself that airplane. I'm going to fly when I want to, and uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Got to respect that because in the military, you don't get that, by the way. In the military, you're told when to fly, et cetera, et cetera. You're, in, you're involved in it. It's fine. It's not bad. I'm just saying if you can fly on only good days with nice weather, well, that sounds great to me. I've got an American friend, F16, F, F, F16 pilot, who also does that, bought himself a little airplane when he left the F16. It took him 10 years to buy it because um, he didn't want to fly like me. I don't want to necessarily fly too soon. Having come out of it after 20 years, and now he flies his little biplane over the place whenever he wants to. So I don't think you've got to join the military to do that. It's a different type of flying, guys. I get it. I get it. But does it beat seven years worth of training? I think so. So he's got through OSC at 18. And that's something he should be proud of. And he says that. He understands that. But unfortunately, he's been medically downgraded, it looks like. So he's got many ground-based officer roles. I would expect those would be maybe engineering-based, maybe cadet bursary type of thing. For kind of an immediate start. So he says, what's my thoughts on taking a commission? Um, gaining a full-back career option and pursuing a career in commercial aviation. He's 18 years old. 18 years old. I mean, that is the whole world in front of you. And I hate to say it. What am I now, 44? Guy's less than half my age, right? And it passes quickly. I would tell you that right now. Everyone says that, don't they? You know, I know people watching this are in the 20s going, yeah, whatever. It passes quickly. I don't have any real main events in my life over the last 20 years. I can, well, my father died 2011. That's a big event, right? But that was one. Um, and then I look at what happened in 2012. Not much. 2013? 2014? Oh, I'm struggling now. 2015. I don't remember much. Maybe a holiday somewhere. I don't know. 2016, 2016. See what I mean? It's not like things are leaping out of me. When you're in the services, and there was, I had one of the guys that was working for me, and I couldn't get him to take leave. This is holiday. I said, go on holiday. He says, but on holiday, all I want to do is do this. It's kind of the same thing, really. You're so ingrained in it. You're so involved in it. You feel that like if you left, the thing's going to fall apart. You don't want that. So you tend not to take your holiday. Well, you take it real quick. You go away for a week. And a week isn't enough for you to come down and get back up again. A week, you sort of, you come down about Wednesday, you're back up again. So you're tense the whole time. And we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety in a second. Writing it down here on my piece of paper. So, so yeah. So I don't have many life events. 20 years has passed, you know. Um, and it will, real quick. Especially if you enter the military. Especially if it's tight in the military for people and you're working real hard it's going to go real quickly so it's important to think about what you value and so what i tell this guy here is i want you to think about where you want to be when you're 40 years old 30 is a bit too soon i used to put a 10-year plan on my website i'm writing a book now that 10-year plan is going to be in that book it's all about the 12 month of the awesome warrior program positivity ownership lead turning planning all that kind of stuff and it'll be in there but your 10-year plan Really, just write down where you think you want to be, where you think you'd be comfortable at 40. And it's hard now because you don't know very much, right? You're 18 years old. Um, you haven't seen much of life at all. Uh, you've never been to war. Um, there's a whole world of stuff you haven't done. You maybe done one or two jobs. That's fine. 
that's fine. Um, it's not as if you've, you know, you haven't, the problem is we all want to fly fast jets without ever having been on a fast jet squadron. And when you go on a fast jet squadron, you're speaking to your typhoon guys, you're busy as hell. And and the wives or the husbands are always like, why can't you spend any time at home? And you're like, I'm a fight pilot and I haven't got any time. It's quite brutal sometimes. Same for rotary and same for multi-engine as well. All those guys are away for a long period of time and girls. There's a lot of girls in now as well, which is good. So I would say, and I would do this in, I'm a visual guy. So I have a whiteboard and I stand in front of my whiteboard and I'm like, okay, I'm going to use my four colors, Central Flying School trained. And I'm going to write up where I see myself at 40. I mean, I'm doing it now for my 50s, which is six years away. But I'm like, where do I want to be when I'm 50? Because if you don't plan, it's not going to happen. All right. It's like getting in your car and trying to drive somewhere without programming into the sat nav, you know, somewhere you don't know. Unless you type that postcode in, you, you drive around, you don't know where you're going to get to. Right. So you've got to put that thing in the sat nav. You've got to plan for it in the same way that you, you've got to think about you know, where you want to be in order to get there. And the funny thing is like a law of attraction that happens if you do write on, on a whiteboard and you put it on a post-it note and you put it on a mirror every day and you look at it every day and you're like, that's what I want. I think David Goggins was talking about this on one of his podcasts, um, his accountability mirror, I think he called it, where it was like, have you done exercise today? Have you, you know, eaten nutritiously today? Have you, you know, do you know where you're going? That kind of stuff. Um, actually, you're not going to get there. The service or anything will just take it away from you and, and you'll just, you'll just, you'll just contribute the whole time. And before you know it, you'll, be 44 thinking how the hell did that happen so i would say even though i know it's a lot to plan at the moment literally just think about 40 it's a good age to think about when you're 18 because it's your whole life again you know have just basic guys just real big scholar okay just go strategic with me here i mean are you married you know maybe you don't want to get married yet think about it. all honesty are you going to get married you're going to stay single for the rest of your life Maybe you want kids, maybe you don't want kids. These things kind of need to be thought about. Not immediately, but this is going to affect your career choice. For example, if the young guy here, if he's like, yeah, I want a real stable paycheck. Um, I really want to be based in one location for a long period of time. Um, I don't want to be away from my family the whole time. Maybe a couple of times in a week. Well, all of a sudden the commercial airlines are looking better for him. If he's like, well, I really want to get a trade. Uh, and I really want to be part of something big where I care about people and they care about me and the mission is more important than the individual. Well, military is looking pretty good for you now. Military is good for families. I know people think it isn't, but it still is. It's still a good place for families. Uh, so that's not a bad thing to... Um, people are going to throw spears at me about that one, crikey. You know, it, it's what I'm saying is there's a lot of family things to do within the military. It's worth looking at that. So right on the board, where do I want to be when I'm 40? Do I want to have a house, an apartment? Do I want to live on a boat? You know, do I want to be in a big functional organization? Do I want to be a contractor? What is it? And then you can start planning your life towards this. I would say to this guy, he's got everything open to him. He's planned for the Royal Air Force. Um, he's planned to fly. What does it mean he doesn't get to fly? By the way, you can fly privately within the Royal Air Force. There's flying clubs. So you can still pri fly privately. Um, if he goes into engineering, something like that, you can still get back seats, uh, go back seat flying. That's pretty cool. Um, I would really have a look at those fullback careers that he's talking about there. There's some great training in the service. There really is. And... Uh, I would really have a look at that. And you know what? Some of those careers, you can jump in, maybe do six years in that, maybe something like that, come out, jump into commercial. What you can't do, and I answered an email earlier as well to a guy, you can't have a commercial career first and then come into the military. The Canadians do that a lot, I think, with their, with their multi-engine fleet. But um, it doesn't work that way around uh, with us. You, you go military into commercial, like my brother did. My brother was in the military until he was... 
mid-30s, and then he went commercial. He went out to, well, he went to Canada first into their military, and then he came back to the UK, and he went uh, into commercial aviation, okay? And then he's bouncing around a few different units now, and he's out in the uh, at the Middle East, um, being awesome, doing all that stuff, okay? Being um, a first officer out there on some big jets. So that's the way you do it. No one goes commercial and then comes into the military. It doesn't work like that. So I'm a big fan of the military. There's parts of the military I'm not a big fan of. I think I'm pretty obvious what, what those things are. I think we could do things a lot better ourselves. But that's just me. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the military. And I left before I got bitter. So I'm not bitter at the military at all. Okay, I think the military gave me a great deal. And I'm, I'm really privileged to have served in all three militaries, really. I mean, I was in the officer training court university, which is um, subsidiary of the army territorials in effect. So I learned soldiering and a lot of discipline in that, which was great. Um, and I joined the Royal Navy at 24 and I spent five years in that whilst I was doing flying training. And then I transferred on to, into the Royal Air Force to fly tornado, spent 15 years in that. Okay. So I'm, I'm quite knowledgeable about all three services and uh, my father's a Royal Marine as well, which is a branch of the Navy, of course. So in our family, you know, we, we know a lot about the military and the military in our family has gone on for generations. So and the public sector is quite important to my family and it's a it's a sense of, of service we believe in service so i do believe in service i see a lot of people uh, that i talk to now mid-40s that would have liked to have served and they didn't personally if you have an opportunity like this guy's got a great opportunity maybe jump in there do some awesome stuff a guy like this is going to do very very well in the military very well really well and then he can also just come out jump into the airliners whatever and have a, a great career in commercial aviation I'm not advising one way or the other. And I read the last bit here as well where he's talking about keeping himself busy. I understand about him being upset with, with the workplace and about having this blow, very damaging. So I'm going to um, going to read you some, well, I'm going to go over some stuff now about some mental health stuff that I think uh, is quite important. Right, let's talk about mental health, shall we? So I'm not drinking at the moment, guys, because I found that I came out of the military and just kept drinking as I was when I was in the military. So I cut it out about a month ago. Good days, bad days. Okay, but also there's some good books out there you can read about your thoughts, about thinking, uh, anxiety, that kind of thing. And one thing I realized with with alcohol, it's a depressant. We we'll do a whole new podcast on this, but it was um, as a depressant, there was obviously chemical releases in my brain, serotonin, and the other stuff that makes you more uh, anxious. And then you have more alcohol as a depressant to to put that back down again. The whole thing ends up with you inebriated, you go to bed. So I'm like, okay, the whole thing cyclical. So I'm just going to give it a bit of a break, and I'm giving it a break right now. Uh, so what can you do then to what can you do then to make himself feel better? Well, when you talk about diet, we're not just talking about nutritional food-based diet as well. I'm talking about a mental health diet. Okay, that's something people don't really realize. But when you're on social the whole time, that that shit's toxic out there. I don't swear often. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. That is some toxic stuff going on. Fact. Twitter is vitriolic. Anything that is um anything that is anonymous, stay the hell away from. You don't know who you're talking to. Why do you care what their opinion is? Get off it, okay? Facebook, I know a lot of young people don't do Facebook, rightly so. Um, but other stuff, Insta, yeah, scroll through it. You want to scroll through other people's lives about how wonderful they're doing, but you know it's not real, okay? You know it's not real, okay? That's one of those things, you know it's not real. Don't saturate yourself with that kind of stuff. It's not real. Now, I do a lot of rowing, and uh, one of the terms we use when I'm in cruise, so cruise are where you row with the same guys the whole time. Um, it's eyes in the boat. And what that really means is, don't worry about what that guy's doing in front of you, what that guy's doing behind you. You're a team. You concentrate on yourself. You square yourself away. You do the best thing you can. You look after your energy levels. You work out where your blade placement is in the water, what your body's doing, how the boat's running, how you're doing. Let him look after himself. It's very easy to criticize people. Like, you're going too deep. You're going too deep. and Whatever it might be. It's like, no, forget about that. Look after yourself. Eyes in the boat. If you're being coached, 
the coach would be next year and he'd be saying, Davies, eyes in the boat. And I'd be like, okay, concentrate on myself. Concentrate on myself and what I'm doing. And that's really important when it comes to things like social media or other people in general. People will espouse their opinion, okay? And I've just given this guy my opinion. I like to think my opinion's a reasonably educated one, having been a flying instructor for the last 10 years and having been a military officer for the last um, decade. Well, two decades, sorry. So the last 20 years. I like to think it's... Um, I like to think it's a, a valued opinion. It's an experienced opinion, but I don't know this guy, okay? All I've got is a very lengthy, well-written email. I don't know him. Uh, I don't know what his state is. I don't even know what his, his why he didn't get in for a medical reason. So, uh, but I am saying that I still feel all that stuff outside of it. All I'm advising is there's a good life inside the military. It's an interesting life. I found it interesting. This guy sounds like his background up until the age of 18 is very similar to my background, um, where I used to, uh, I couldn't afford flying lessons, so I used to cycle to an airfield called Goodwood, uh, which is Chichester down south of England, and I used to cycle there with a bucket and a sponge, and I used to, literally, I used to go to the flying school and say, I'm going to wash your airplane, is it all right if I wash your airplane for you? And they say, yes, I had one airplane, and I'd wash their airplane for free. I'd get some, I'd own soaps and bubbles and stuff, nick some of their water, wash the airplane, get it all clean, they go flying for the day, land it, I'd wash it again. After about two or three months of me doing this, Eventually, some guy turned around and said, are you still washing our planes? You know, how much are you making from that? I said, I'm not making anything at all. And he's like, you know, no one's paying you. No one's paying me because I never asked for money because it wasn't about money. That was the first time I ever flew in an airplane because that guy took me flying. So think about the sacrifice, all right, that you can make in order to gain something back of value for yourself. All right. So um, my my background, very similar to this guy here. Make sure we're still going. We're still recording on this. Yeah, we are. We're still recording. How long have we done? 33 minutes. We've got to stop this, right? So, um. I would advise that I would look at those ground trades. Mental health, you ask. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about alcohol and stuff like that, nutritional mental health or nutritional diet. And then obviously we're talking mental diet as well. Mental diet's really important. Think about what you're eating, obviously. Water, sleep's really important more so than you ever know. A lot of people feeling really kind of um, uh, mentally taxed and, and they feel very anxious because they're just not sleeping enough, all right? And I hate sleep, hate going to sleep. Uh, I really do. I'm not I'm not good at it, but I know I need it. So I, I do. I just crash out, get it done. Maybe think about some vitamins. We talked about a stack. What am I taking at the moment? I just take two multivitamins because when you stop drinking, you kind of need to. Um, trying to square away my diet, my diet a little bit, actually. Trying to get that, that all right. And uh, I'm taking some vitamin D3. And I'm also taking some, the hell is that one? Oh, yeah, some omega-3 fish oil, not cod liver oil fish oil taking some fish oil you never get enough fish oil and it's good for your brain because the fats in your brain with alcohol aren't too good so i'm trying to rebuild that and i'm also taking some zinc and magnesium um before i go to bed it helps with sleep apparently i don't know so i'm just taking some things like that don't jump on those people okay if you're young you probably don't need all that stuff it's only because i've had an abusive career crikey so talked about civilian careers anxiety we've spoken about as well i'm probably going to leave it here guys i wanted you to have a listen to that email I hope there's some stuff there you've got from it. Write to me. I've got a lot at the moment. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get your email. Write to me. I'm going to get your email. Okay, that, that is a factually correct statement. I will get your email. And at the moment, 10 days, that's the longest I've ever had in answering emails. Okay, so I'm really sorry about that. I'll make sure um, I will get that. I've got some more. I've got another email down here as well that I just briefly scanned. And I think it's a very similar thing, actually. Yeah. Similar thing about... Yeah, about self-sabotage as well. And... If we're just leaping back onto that self-sabotage here where he says, um, I am a determined and diligent individual, but recently found myself to be out of character, suffering from low mood and constantly self-sabotaging myself. I mean, that's quite common, self-sabotaging myself. Let's try and work that one out. 
That is common though, when you think that you're up against something that is quite difficult to achieve, it'd be a lot easier if there was a reason that you did not achieve it. Does that make sense? We used to find it on our students when they're coming towards the front line as they're approaching the operational conversion unit. They end up failing trips towards the end of the course. A lot of it is because they felt they weren't good enough. They've been training for a very long period of time. They, did, they felt they weren't good enough to fly F-35, Typhoon or Tornado. So they just failed trips. It wasn't intentional. It's not like they're going out there and saying, I am failing this trip on, port uh, uh, on, on purpose. I've written an email about this. and I've written a post about this. Sorry, guys. Um, Google Tim Davies, Fast Ship Performance, uh, Self-Sabotage, and you'll find it. It happens. Um, it's, a, it's a subconscious thing where your body just says, I can't possibly be good enough to do this. And you just end up failing. Because then, oh, that's good. That's Pinterest ruining my uh, ruining my video. I'll have to make sure I meet that in future. But um, it's because I've got the emails open, sorry. What am I looking at Pinterest for? I don't know. Um, so that's the thing about self-sabotage, right? It's something that you really can't control. It's internal. But when you think you're going to achieve something and you've, you've been working up for it for a long time, it's very easy to uh, do something that means you don't get it. Because then you can turn around to your family and you can say, no, oh, I didn't get it. Because this happened. I didn't get it because this happened. Makes sense, doesn't it? I failed the exam, therefore I'm not going to be a lawyer, whatever it might be. Um, I would have applied to the Air Force, but I got too old. Yeah, we understand how that works. We understand how it works. It'll be easier if I just worked in an office. We understand how that works. There's a lot of people that have done that. The people that I'm interested in are the people that kind of go, well, no, I'm just going to give my best shot. I'm going to fail. And if I fail, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep doing it. You want to read about that. You want to read, um, who's a good guy to read about? Jocko Willink, that's a good, uh, yeah, read about extreme ownership. That book's quite good. Uh, let's have a look at, what's that one? Oh, come on. So, yeah, Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell. Read his story. Oh, that's epic. Um, there was a, a US series called Selection recently, which is like this, the SAS one that they do, but it's in America. There's some kind of angry and nasty little um, DS on that which, you know, I surprised some of those guys were in the service. Actually, some of them really nice. There's one guy who's a bit bit of a tiger, but, you know, whatever. Um, but that's the thing. That's about keeping going. Just keep going. You know, keep going. Pick stuff up, keep going. I went for a night walk the other night and did about, I think it was about 14 miles. Ripped my feet right up. Massively ripped them up. I walked like, you know, we're talking like terrain, night, nav. Just had my compass. Got my map on. Got my compass on. And uh, went and hit the... Uh, Went on a night walk. That is hard without night vision stuff. Rip my feet up. Keep going. What am I going to do? Camp out in a field? No, I'm going to get home. So uh, you've got to get that suffering on. So I hope that helped a little bit, guys. I know it's a long one. You probably have to listen to all of it. You know, I'll try and put out a bit of a podcast as well for you if I can. So you can listen to it in the car. Again, hit me up with emails. This one, obviously, this guy's done really well. And it's a bit of a, a bit of a shock for him. But again, it's not the first. Well, it is probably the first shock he's going to have. But it's not going to be the last shock, say. I really appreciate you listening in anyway. I hope these things are useful. Let me know if they're not, because then I can stop doing them when I get my 35 minutes back. But uh, whack some comments down below. It's YouTube, all right? Or it might be on Facebook as well, but it's YouTube. Your comments are going to be um, quite nasty sometimes. I'm just going to have to delete those ones. But if you do ask me a question, I'll try and get back in there and ask uh, answer it for you. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys, thanks so much. Jim Davies. Bye.